0: Thank you all for joining us this morning. We're at all of it United Methodist Church here in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. My name is Dr. Randy Tabor. We appreciate the fact of your prayers and your, your presence. What we're gonna do right now, this is kind of a change in our format. There's very few, very few churches that are meeting, but we're meeting due to um, social distancing and masks. I wear a mask when I'm out of the pulpit, um, but it's kind of hard to preach through a mask. But at this time, we want to thank you again for your, your attendance and your thoughts and your prayers this morning. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna call on Boone. Is Boone here? I seen him a few, seen him a few minutes ago, and he was gonna open us up in some scripture, but we're going to open up with some alternate scripture this morning about the return of Christ. And if you turn in your bulletins this morning, on the back side of your bulletins you'll notice a song and lyrics by lauren McNaughton, who was the granddaughter of our district superintendent who died of a, a seizure the granddaughter of our district superintendent dan johnson the return of christ brothers and sisters we want you to know the truth about those who have died so that you will not be sad so are those who have no hope for this is the lord's teaching We tell you, we who are alive on the day the Lord comes will not go ahead of those who have died. Those who have died, as Lauren and our loved ones, believing in Christ, will be raised to life first. Then we who are living at that time will be gathered up along with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. There is no need to write you, brothers and sisters, about the times and occasions when these things will happen. For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief comes at night. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, and the day should not take you by surprise like a thief. All of you are people who belong to the light, who belong to the day. God did not choose us to suffer his wrath, but to possess salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. May God bless the reading of his scripture. And Boone, would you like to come and share your scripture on spiritual warfare? Come and be prepared. And then Mike, would you back him up as Boone prepares and Mike comes? Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you this morning for your blessings. We, we are so dependent upon modern technology and sound. We we thank you for the capability of going by way of television, and we thank you for, um, as we increase in years, we seem to decrease in our hearing ability, and we want to thank you, Lord, this morning, for our restoration of our sound system. And this morning, we want to remember the, our district superintendent, Dan Johnson's family, and his daughter and, and son-in-law, as they experienced the grief and the loss of their granddaughter, Lauren. As many of us gathered this past week, visitation and other activities, we just pray especially for those who may be grieving. Now bless the scripture as Moon brings it forth and as Mike cheers from his heart. As you taught us to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
1: We'll uh, do responsive reading on 646 in, uh, on, on the insert. It's uh, about spiritual warfare. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places stand therefore having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. For though we live in the world, we are not carrying on a worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith.
0: Henceforth there is laid up the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved it Thank you, women. Hallelujah. Glory.
2: Good morning, brothers and sisters. Our scripture is John chapter 12 verse 32 and 33And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself Now 33 He said that to show by what death he was to die verse through 32 said, "And when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself." by saying he was lifted, he wasn't just talking about being physically lifted up on the cross for his crucifixion. he was also referring to being lifted up again with his ascension, right back into the direct company of Father God, until he returns. He says he'll draw all men to him. He's not exclusive any anybody from gaining eternal life, only when their faith is placed in and through him. He's also re- reiterating in a different way that not one person, not even one, will be completely deprived of the message of hearing his glorious words and actions before he gets back to earth and then he returns. He drew those that physically witnessed his death and resurrection, those that were standing there. Even a Roman soldier declared he was God. Of course, they, were, they believed after they saw what happened to him on the cross, he was the son of God. But after that, after his crucifixion and now, the sharing of his words and actions are the incumbent and responsibility of all of us to share with others. Even if they're in different nations or languages, Jesus won't be shut out of those. You tell somebody about Jesus, they tell somebody else, that person tells two or three other people. The word itself says no one will not go without hearing the word. All of us faithful should be continuously and always be an evangelical and sharing more. We should always be willing to pass the good news. We should always be willing to give somebody an uplifting message or a bit of motivation about living Christ verse 33 reads he said this to show by what death he would die after being crucified on the cross what he accomplished would eventually filter down to everyone on earth just like I said you know what this is necessary before his return he's not waiting for us to tell everybody on earth about it that's not it's not what I'm saying his word says everybody on earth will hear his news and his message and hear about him And then he will return. This first, almost a side note. Because why he died. Why he died. Why did he take all that torturous crucifixion and whips and humiliation being sworn at? Why he died is so much more important than how. He died a slow, inhumane, to say the very least, and torturous death. But the very fact that he did it for you and you and you is more important than knowing how he died. The why, not so much the how. The only thing that depends on it is our eternity. That's all. All the more important reason for you to share exactly what he did. And most importantly, why he did it. Thank
0: you. Would you stand with me, please, as we turn in our bulletins? Thank you, Boone, and thank you, Mike. As we turn to 644, Christ and Immortality. For I delivered to you as of first importance, when I also received that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance. With now, if Christ is preached as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no res- resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in him. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Lo, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For this perishable nature must put on the imperishable, and this mortal nature must put on immortality. O oh death, where is thy victory? O oh death, where is thy sting? Oh. Thank you. You may be seated and may God bless the reading of First Corinthians chapter 15. The, um, the world of Methodism within the state of Minnesota was really shaken this past week on the death of granddaughter of our district superintendent. Dan and De- Debbie Johnson were um, first appointed some... 25 years ago to my home church, Eagle Bend and Clarissa and Clotho. Dan had a very wonderful ministry there. Dan later moved to, um, as an associate, um, youth director or so at Brooklyn Center, United Methodist Church. He did very well there and he went to, um, he was commissioned to um, start a church in in Maple Grove. Went on to, to start Crosswinds, Maple Grove, and then from Maple Grove, he went on to be the minister of Bedina. From there, he went to the conference staff on church development. Then later to um, become a district superintendent. God has really blessed the uh, ministry of my close calling, Dan and Debbie Johnson. They had some. They have some wonderful children. Their eldest daughter, I, I know, because she's a, a psychologist much like myself, Freudian, Freudian psychologist, Christian, they experienced the grief that none of us would like to have their eldest child, a very talented songwriter, artist in many regards, photographer, dancer, athletic, died of a seizure during your sleep. And I'm sure that any one of us asks that very difficult question, why? why? Why do things happen? I'm kind of working on a, a sermon, you know, why bad things happen to good people. You know, it's, it's a difficult dilemma. It's a difficult thing to handle. With God's omnipotence and all power and all presence, God's eyes are upon the, the land from one year to the next, from sea to shining sea. Day after day, God's presence and his power are manifest on, the, on behalf of his people. The new Christian, you recall those days of being a new Christian. A new Christian leaves the security of the worldly life where they know what is expected of them and they enter a new life that is unfamiliar and seemingly unprotected from the hostility of the world. And we are living in a very hostile world where it's very difficult to project your convictions and your beliefs. We're living now in a time when there's more persecution religious persecution 50% of the world is being persecuted for their religious per- for the religious convictions can you imagine that 50% of the world and 80% four-fifths of that persecution is against Christianity the leader of our country is speaking speaking has spoken at United Nations and speaking on religious persecution first of of any president Pray for him. Pray for our governor and the chaos that is ensuing in the state of Minnesota and the division and among the educators and, and the concerns of whether to go to back to school or whether to teach at home and social distancing and mass. Soon, however, we learn that God is ever-present and that God has the most powerful protection plan and, and God has the most lasting fellowship in all of the universe. God has not promised to take us out of the problems but God has promised a new land, a new faith, a new confidence, a new strength to go through it. God has promised to be with us through the turbulence and through the pain, through the sorrow, through the loss, through the grief and all of them. And if we really believe that the church is the body of Christ on earth, surely we must believe that God is watching over us. Practically apply this means that every obstacle in our forward progression and our progress this year will be known and will be dealt with i remember some nearly 50 years ago being asked to preach in a church and it was a children's sermon and i i remember developing a sermon around magnets and how i still can't explain it to you maybe some of you may have a better understanding of physics than i do how you can take magnets and they suddenly attract but if you take them you can't push them together they just take a twist and turn and the bigger the magnet is it you it can just twist your your wrists the opposing forces but then there are strong attracting forces i'd like to talk to you about the magnetism of jesus christ and how you and i are called to be those little magnets those little Attractive forces of what what is right, and how we are to resist those forces, those principalities and powers and forces that are not of God. The magnetism of Jesus Christ is neither an academic question or a, a debatable subject. For nearly two thousand years, Jesus has drawn everyone unto Himself. John the Baptist said. Like you and I, we have to decrease so that Christ may increase within us. This is not to imply that each individual in the world is drawn to and accepts Christ, but rather that representatives from all races, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in God's sight. And oftentimes when I've had people stand in my face and say, Black Lives Matter, I'll say, I'll start singing, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in God's sight. We learned that at a young age, did we not? That in Christ, the Bible says there is no Jew, there is no Greek, that our our purpose is not to argue whether Christ draws, but to see how and why he draws us. I suggest to you today that we are drawn to, we are drawn by, and that we are drawn for. To, by, and for. Drawn to, drawn by, and drawn for. Drawn to, there are abundant scholars, scholars who attempt to convince us that Christ drew us into a better system of ethics, to a higher level of life and into a better understanding of universal principles of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit to love your neighbor as yourself. Dedicated religious leaders sometimes have misconstrued the words of Jesus and teaches that he was drawing us maybe to just only an organization called the church. While the church does represent the body of Christ on earth and may be the instrument, the instrument through which Christ appeals to all, who then are called through the church, through that body. The church still is not the primary object to which you and I are drawn. We are drawn to Christ. We are drawn to Christ. And I think many stop at that point. They're not drawn into that body to to exercise and to infiltrate the, the world for his name. And then there is that pathetic incident of of us, you and I, using Christ to draw others to themselves. We all remember that tragic story of Jim Jones and Jonestown, how various cults, nearly some 5,000 cults today, that are drawn to a, a certain individual personality cults. Personality cults attract weak Christians to individuals, and the Christian's commitment lies within the severe of, of some human earthly personality rather than to Jesus Christ. Who are you drawn to? Is it all of it? Certainly it's not to Randy Tabor. It's not to a Sunday school or maybe to a parent or to a friend or a neighbor. Your answer should be to Jesus Christ. You've heard me share how I've witnessed to a number of no- notable people i witnessed once to um carl rovog and i said carl are you a christian and he said no i'm a good lutheran and i said carl as a good lutheran you should be a good christian first i remember witnessing to the second co- in command of the russian world the protector of the current leader i have a picture of him and i i said are you a believer are you a christian And he said, well, I've read a number of the works of Christ. I realize he's a historical figure, but I can't really say that I've put my trust in him. And he went on to tell me that as a leader of the military and the KGB at the time, he he said that one of his most prominent reasons for if he would become a Christian was that it would help the homes of the Russians and the marriages of the Russians because he said that, that oftentimes his Russian soldiers would go through four or five, that's his words, four or five marriages before they seem to get it right. And he says, in Christianity, you really maintain the family. In Christianity, you really maintain marriage. Dedicated care needs to be exercised to ensure that you and I are not attracted to certain personalities but to the Christ whom we represent Jesus Christ needs no embellishment from us or from the world when Jesus walks simply and talks simply by serenely opening, opening the earth as in the incarnation the word becoming flesh people were attracted to him And the ones that weren't attracted to him were the religious establishment of the day, the scribes and the Pharisees and those temple people, because they were threatened and they were intimidated by him. We oftentimes forget that. Jesus' attractiveness lies within his person, not his dress or his culture or his position. And let us present and represent the Savior as jesus is and watch people come to jesus as they did when he walked this earth in person so you and i are to be drawn to christ and then we are to be drawn by from two to by drawn by now the magnetic pull to christ does not come from from any natural sources the physical person does not naturally seek out we don't not naturally seek out the spiritual life. The Heavenly Father must draw us to Christ, according to John chapter six, verse forty-four. The Heavenly Father must draw us to Christ. And the only valid commitment to Christ comes in response to this spiritual proclamation and provocation of the Father. Working through the Holy Spirit, God the Father uses various means by which to draw us to his Son, And the most effective means is that of his everlasting love. One of the first words I learned, and I learned them when I was in a crib, and it must have been just maybe two or three years old. I don't know how how old I was when I was still in the crib, but mom and dad had a kind of a blue um, glass plaque that hung over the crib, and it says, I did not know what it said, but um, I would ask about that plaque, and it was John 3.16, and, and I probably knew what it said before I could read it. Then I learned to read it. For God so loved the world that he gave of his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Jesus Christ would not perish but have everlasting life. And I sometimes think of that 60-some years ago, if that was my call into the ministry and if I had resisted of, from it, that, but working through the Holy Spirit, through the Father, uses various means by which to draw us, to draw us to His son. And I believe, as I'm sure many of you by way of television believe, that the most effective means is that of his everlasting love. That means non-ending, non-ending love. That all of us desire and respond to love, and the highest and the noblest, of love of all deserves our greatest response. I think I believe most of us have been privileged to be among functional families and experience motherly love, fatherly love, brother and sisterly love. And then we learned through a phenomenal experience God's love that God's love surpassed all human love. And then we responded to that because we were drawn to this presence, this presence of truth, that Jesus was the truth, the life, and the way. That Jesus Christ is the ultimate in the expression of truth, and since God refuses to uh, appeal to us with anything less than absolute truth, we find strong compulsion within the testimony of truth. So we learn from this scripture and from the Bible that we're not only drawn to, and by but in closing today we are drawn for f-o-r for that god in supreme his ultimate supreme purpose and god's work is a, is a purposeful universe say it with me purposeful universe you and i are called for a purpose in a purposeful universe it's unthinkable that god would draw us draw us to his son Without a specific, say it with me, specific purpose, specific purpose. What would be the usual answer from a nominal Christian if asked, "Why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian? Why are you a Christian?" You answer it in your own heart. Why are you a Christian? Why do you feel that God has redeemed you? You answer it. Now, since salvation exists. Within the relationship to God, the purpose of salvation must also find its significance within that relationship. God calls us primarily for several, several experiences. The first and most obvious purpose of drawing us is to Christ, is for our salvation, our redemption. You and I, the pulpit in the pew, we are sinners and need to be reconciled to very perfect perfect God we are imperfect but we're drawn to our perfect God and only Christ can make this possible and only through Jesus can we be converted atonement is at one with God at one with God and we want to be that however our acceptance of and our experience in Christ is not only for our personal our personal benefit but that we might serve the rest of humankind it's not only to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, but to love our neighbor as ourself. And Jesus said that our neighbor is the one that's in need. I like that um, the fact that our acceptance of and our experience in Christ is not only for our personal benefit, but that we might serve the rest of humankind. And, and, and I, I, I like that familiar model, model which says we are saved to serve. Say it with me. We are saved to serve. Let no one be misled into a selfish selfish acceptance of Christ that our emphasis and our interest in the eternal should not nullify our use today. However, there is an eternal element in salvation which cannot be denied, that we are living souls. We are living souls, and that soul does not die when the body dies it is a soul that continues the redeemed personality on and into the and throughout all eternity never to die and for this purpose God has redeemed us and then too we need to realize that the overall and the conclusive purpose for being drawn to God to Christ is for the glory of God and although we are the immediate beneficiary of redemption. It is God who must be praised. It is God who must be glorified. Our justification from sin is valid only when it's justified in God in history. Our personal history with God. His story enacted through our salvation story. We are saved in order to portray and, and reflect the goodness and the greatness of God. Father, this morning, as every head bows and every heart is open, the emphasis throughout the ministry of Jesus Christ and the message of his churches is upon dynamic, magnetic invitation and voluntary response. We, we are not pushed. We are not forced to Christ. We are drawn to Christ. We are invited to Christ. And we are employed to seek Jesus Christ's life and love as a truth and a life and the way. But the ultimate decision is ours and the eternal consequences that result from our voluntary actions. We thank you, Lord, that we are saved to serve. With every head bowed and every eye closed and those by way of television, this may be your your hour of decision. I've heard from many of you who have felt they were a think-so, feel-so, or hope-so Christian, but they, they really did not know until they deliberately, indecisively, and, and voluntarily said the sinner's prayer, and it's very simple, there's just three steps that that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and that we need to be, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and then see we need to confess him as our Lord and Savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed, would you repeat these words with me? Jesus, please forgive my sins. Come into my heart and life. Help me to live for you. For you died for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to acknowledge that I am saved to serve. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand with me as we say together the offertory prayer listed in our bulletins this morning? Our God and our Deliverer, as you promised, protected the Israelites in their times of trials, brought them out of Egypt, and led them through the wilderness. So you have guided and protected us in our times of trials, anxiety, and uncertainty. In bringing our offering today, we remember that in the first Passover, it was the act of an offering that identified households, your people, protected by you, We give these gifts of thanksgiving for your care to us in hope for your continued presence and as a sign of our desire to follow. In our Savior's name we pray, amen. Would you sing the doxology in closing? Merciful and forgiving God. The tithes and the gifts we offer to you this morning are but a small portion of the blessings that we have received. The Gospels remind us that Jesus instructed us to deny ourselves, to be a magnet for Christ, to take up our cross and follow. And yet we deny ourselves very little. We see the smallest of crosses as too great a burden, and we follow only from a safe distance. And in so doing, we cut ourselves off from a deeper experience of discipleship. Forgive us and renew our strength and our discipline to walk this road with our Savior. In his holy name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Any other, any other prayer requests or announcements? How is Shar doing, Pastor? Remember these prayer requests. Father, this morning we just want to remember the many prayer requests, not only within our congregation, but by way of television. For Pam, we give you praise for no cancer, and we thank you for Marie's sisters. Have your hand of healing upon them. We thank you, Father, for Elliot and his scheduled surgery for Ira and Julie and the Sims family, and we thank you for his faithfulness in the Bible study. Bless the, the judge and those who are involved in this very difficult situation. We thank you for Pastor George Groves and his many years of faithful. Preaching, and we pray your blessings upon his wife, Char. And again, we remember the District Superintendent Dan and Debbie Johnson and their daughter and husband and the death of their grandchild. May we lift up these prayer concerns to you, O Lord, for you are the master physician and healer, the mighty counselor, comforter, and consoler, In the name of the father and son and holy spirit may we go with these blessings that we have been saved to serve and help us to be magnets for jesus and righteousness in jesus name amen peace thank you peace i give to you peace i leave with you amen